Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Can I have five minutes to work on my hair? Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, of course, for making your way here and checking out the episode. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button. That way you get to keep up with all the interviews that we put out every week, a new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three interviews a week to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones. You can do so at any of the places you get podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, and NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of the guests that have been on recently include uh, Slater Kinney. We had uh, Jack Antonoff of Bleachers. He dropped by. Uh, actor Peter Capaldi and Tom Mucci stopped in to discuss criminal records. Uh, let's see. McKenna Grace was here. She's in the new Ghostbusters movies. Janelle Monet, Andy Taylor of Duran Duran, Josh Homme of Queen to the Stone Age, Dolly Parton. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And a huge favor while you're subscribing, give the series a rating and leave a comment wherever you're listening from. Uh, that's one of the best things you can do to help a podcast like this out. Rate and review and subscribe wherever you're listening from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, so excited, going to be talking with actor Michael Shannon and musician Jason Narducci. Uh, they're, they are on tour together with a full band covering R.E.M.'s Murmur in full for its 40th anniversary. Now, of course, I'm Michael Shannon. You know from, geez, there's so many movies I could pick from. The Shape of Water, Revolutionary Road, uh, most recently with George and Tammy. Uh, Jason Narducci, he spends time with Bob Mould and Super Chunk. He's got his own thing called Split Single, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, we're going to discuss why they decided to cover the classic 1983 LP Murmur, uh, how they found the album uh, document as their entry point when they were younger, and the, how the cooler music would actually find them in their youth. Uh, Michael Shannon also talks about some of the challenges of deciphering Michael Stipe's lyrics, while uh, Jason will joke about a few of Peter Buck's more difficult guitar parts as well. The pair will also let us know that they plan to play more than just the debut album. In fact, uh, the follow-up Reckoning is going to get a, a spotlight as well. And I'll ask about the possibility of uh, Michael Shannon doing another album with his band, Corporal. It's all that and more. We're talking R.E.M. and touring the 40th anniversary of Murmur. It's Kyle Meredith with Michael Shannon and Jason Narducci. Hey, Kyle. Hey. So here you guys are. You're, you're doing uh, touring. 
this is the first time you've toured together, right? So this is exciting, but you know, I don't know if you guys can see this behind me. You know, I've got all the the posters and everything, and of course, Stipe kind of sits over my shoulder. We're taping this on his birthday. I don't know if that was planned yes. on you guys, but today's his sixty fourth birthday. Yeah, I saw that. Again, I didn't know that. Oh wow! So it's kind of nice. So I, I, for the people who don't know. Why are you covering Murmur? Because it's it it kind of lines up with last year's anniversary, right? Yeah, Jason, uh, uh, you know, Jason was kind of poking me about doing a show and asking what we should do, and and then it, yeah, he was the one who came up with it. He said, you know, it's the 40th anniversary of Murmur this year, and uh, I, I mean, not that I've ever been entirely comfortable with any of the projects we picked out. Uh, but that one I felt was particularly uh, daunting. I think I was, didn't I respond like, are you sure? Or I don't know. <laughs> well, I knew you loved the, I knew you loved the band. And yeah. that part was, yeah. But it was just kind of like, it was kind of like saying, Hey, why don't we, why don't we paint the Mona Lisa? <laughs> yeah sure yeah i'll get my i'll get my watercolors and meet you in the garage uh <laughs> it was it was yeah i was pretty terrified but but you know i mean i guess when they made the record they were all fledgling uh musicians themselves so i i was like well at least we're not trying to do a record 20 years into their career um but it's uh yeah anyway that's how it started do you all remember, Jason, like for you, do you remember like when this record impacted you? Because I came onto R.E.M. a little bit later, but, you know, catching up and hearing about, especially when people found them in the early 80s or mid 80s or, you know, whenever it was for you, but especially this record. Like, do you remember that moment for you? I do. And it's uh, Mike and I, it's the same record. Um, so I was in. I was going to high school in Evanston and my friends and I had heard that Madison, Wisconsin had these great Halloween parties. <clears throat> so I went up to Madison, Wisconsin on state street and it was crazy. Um, and walked into a record store and bought document right when it came out. And um, that, you know, I put the needle on when I, or maybe it was a CD. I put the CD on that, that finest work song intro. Just, I was hooked within 10 seconds um, and I had friends that already liked the band. So I knew that, you know, I probably would like them, but I didn't know I would like them that much. So that record really pulled me in. And I think that was the same for Mike and then went backwards. There was that eponymous release that was their kind of like wrap up gift with IRS records that, that pulled those songs back in, you know, for, into my consciousness for the first time. Talk about the passion in particular was just, I just couldn't believe how powerful that song was. And, um, so going back, there's there was a number of songs on Murmur that I actually wasn't that familiar with, particularly the the last three, and that's just you know being a young person listening to records in that way, <laughs> mm -hmm. running out of uh, yeah patience. Yeah, um, or you just like the beginning so much, you just play that over and over. So killer, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, for me it was like um, so I grew up in Kentucky and I I had a cousin that lived out in the in the sticks in a, in a trailer um and i would go visit him sometimes on the weekends uh, my mom would take us out there because my grandma lived out there too and uh yeah i would just when i got there i'd go in his room and he, he loved comic books we'd sit and look at comic books and stuff and and then one day he had a tape player and he 
and he started playing that cassette of uh of document and i was like whoa wait what's this it's like oh it's been rem so i really yeah i have my cousin tommy to thank for that although i'm sure i would have found them eventually but uh yeah and then you know when i was in high school i guess one of my favorite pastimes was kind of shuffling around listening to my cd walkman player uh, and yeah half the time probably it was an rem cd in there and uh you know it wasn't like music that uh, you play at the kegger or whatever it was kind of a solitary thing and i found it comforting you know uh i was i was kind of a loner and it, it seems to appeal to that type of personality and we'll be right back right after this Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Michael Shannon and Jason Narducci. I don't know if you, uh, Michael, know where uh, Litchfield is. That's actually where I'm from, down closer to Bowling Green. And um, I lived in Bowling Green for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just right. It's just north of Bowling Green. And and for those sections, and I know you sort of had that Chicago connection too, but but for music to find, you know, any of us in the middle of nowhere was always and and it was it was already it wasn't until really the monster record and I was in school and and someone at the bus put the headphones over my ears from behind and bang and blame was one of the songs playing. <laughs> wow. And, but it, it, it just, that's what I started thinking about. It was like, especially in those pre-internet days for both of you, you know, for music to find you, yeah. you know, and for the right music to find you. 
I don't know how you guys look back on that, but uh, but to me, it's like, thank God, you know, what what a great stroke of luck any of those moments could have been for us. Of course, of course. But, you know, I think that one of the things that's interesting about R.E.M. is without being like country or bluegrass or any sort of Appalachian rural kind of music, it still is very Southern music. Like those guys, they're they're very Southern and they're very like, you know, they're still in Athens all the time. Um, like the, the, so it's, it's fascinating to me because it's, it's Southern music without being like any genre of music that you associate with the South, which is interesting, but it like, it suits the landscape um, somehow, like being out in the middle of nowhere, this music is, is, is a soundtrack for that. You know, when you now, dive into it and jason you were kind of talking about you know having to to discover some songs for the first time which is fun but i was thinking about like there are moments on here like nine nine you know as a guitarist <laughs> like are you finding those moments is it challenging in any way because i when i hear that i'm like man what just what a fun song that is anyway i think it helped mike correct me if i'm wrong but i, I that was uh this whole thing is as a bit of a, a pop-up band you know mike and i've been doing shows like this for about 10 years and we just pick a record and then we rehearse once and do the show it's real by the seat of our pants but there's a lot of communication and particularly when a song like that comes up there has to be a lot of communication and i don't remember who brought it up but somebody said it might have been john worcester who said uh you know i looked up video of the band playing that song and every time it was pretty rough and that gave me a little bit of breathing room where I was like, all right, we'll be fine. You know, as long as we end at the same time. <laughs> you know? For the same thing, you know, Mike, uh, Michael, um, like Stipe was infamous for mumbling those lyrics. And even me, even Radio Free Europe, as I was going back and thinking about this interview and, and going, you know, and listening to that song and watching you guys perform it uh, on Seth Meyers and hearing you very crystal clear in a way I don't think I ever heard stipe going i never knew those were the words to <laughs> that song like did you have any issues with that to be fair i'm, I'm not sure that they are you know i mean i <laughs> i'm saying you you go i mean any record we do uh my approach is to a listen to the record at least a hundred times if not more and then b is to go online and do what any boob could do basically is look up all the lyrics on like genius or a to z and and sometimes uh they don't depending on what site you're on they're slightly different and then and then you know the third part is just making a judgment call yourself and saying well this is what i'm gonna sing because i can't i have to sing something but um it was interesting even you know if you listen to the record I feel like when I'm looking at the lyrics online and listening to the record that it actually m makes sense. But what's curious about it is uh, then you watch Stipe performing it live and he's saying something different. Um, like, particularly with Radio Free Europe, uh, one of the things I watched a lot was um, their first performance on Letterman where they played Radio free europe and uh south central rain before it even had a title um and it's an incredible performance but yeah what stipe's singing on in that performance is is different than what's on the record but you know i had the fortune to talk to mike mills about it a little bit and um 
And he said, yeah, you know, Michael would, things would just come out, you know, it wasn't. And, and frankly, I, I think that's, I think that's kind of interesting um, as opposed to some, I think it speaks to where the music comes from, that it's not like a calculated thing, you know, that they're, they're really, he, particularly Michael was really digging, looking for something and he wasn't quite sure what it was. And uh, I think that's very brave uh, to, to go about it that way, as opposed to having it all, all your T's crossed and your I's dotted all the time. Yeah. He's very much, uh, I mean, you've done, he's done so many interviews over the years about it. You know, because he's a collage style lyricist. You know, he he looks in his books and he finds phrases that sound good, and those become the songs. And you know, that old Bill Burrow, William Burroughs sort of way. And uh, it's it's. I mean, he's one of my favorite lyricists because of that. But it's also hilarious to ever ask him what the song's about because most of the time it's, fuck, do I know what that's about? <laughs> it sounds good. Well, I think it's about. I think it's about what it. I think it's about something different for everybody who listens to it. You know, I think the songs, I look at them, they're evocative and what they evoke is really, you know, it's a 50, 50 split between what the song is and what's lurking in your, you know, subconscious, which again is the kind of art I typically respond to, whether it's music or film or visual art or anything really. Yeah. I was thinking about how uh, REM, over the years did such a great job of not only making great records for so long, but associating themselves with great bands and great artists. And so I wonder if in that process, and this was during a time when people released records every year or more than once a year, that they would just listen and go, it sounds good. <laughs> you know, like not, yeah. not, Hey man, go write some more lyrics or something like their, their judgment for so long has been so strong that I wonder if that was part of it. It's like, is this done? Yeah, it sounds great, you know, regardless of like, what are you saying there? You know. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Michael Shannon and Jason Narducci. And even, I mean, you talked, you both talk about them taking chances. I mean, even, you know, one of their biggest songs with Losing My Religion, that's Peter Buck learning to play the mandolin right there. And, you know, can we get away with a riff this simple? Was never even questioned. Like, here it is. No I've chorus. Yeah, no chorus even. No yeah. chorus at all. You know, that's amazing. And for what it's worth, so you guys are playing more than Murmur, right? You're, you're playing other, is it all 80s songs? Or are you doing, what, what's what's the deal with the, the whole show? Um, well, Murmur's a short record. Um, and we knew going into it that we would, we didn't want to leave people high and dry. So I, you know, I, I, there's a there's a stable of uh, songs that we'll have at our disposal. You know, the first two shows, February 1st and 2nd at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco, uh, we're actually playing uh, Murmur on the first and we're playing Reckoning on the second. So we're going to learn Reckoning. So we'll have those songs in our arsenal. And um, we stay pretty far back. Uh, there's one song that's kind of more recent that we might play depending on what mood i'm in uh from time to time but uh we're trying to keep it in in the early stuff uh by and large yeah because it's just uh you know the thing i was thinking yesterday is um another sign i think of a really amazing band is that each of their records has its own identity and sound and i feel that way with rem it's like every record is so distinctive and and unique and 
I don't want to just be like a Spotify shuffle playlist. Like I, I want to, and I think the other guys feel the same way. We want to stay in that, that neck of the woods, that early neck of the woods. Well, I'm excited to see any of this and uh, to hear from it. And uh, I know I'm up against the clock. I want to quickly bring us a, a bit into the present just to say that, um, uh, Jason, I, I love the stuff that you do as split single and uh, the uh, Amplificado record was fantastic. Oh, so, thank you, Kyle. Uh, I'm going to hear from more of that. Speaking and, of Mike Mills. <laughs> right. And uh, and and playing with Bob, I have Bob Mold on here a lot. I'm hoping he gives us another blue album this year since it's an election year. That seems to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that stuff's coming up. And uh, and Michael, with you, um, you know, I, I see Ray Rizzo quite a lot. You think there's any more corporal in you? Oh, dear. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, Ray's so busy and I'm so busy and I've, I've had pretty severe writer's block. Uh, I have a bunch of songs that are like half finished and, you know, I don't know. The the fella that played guitar with us, Rob Beitzel, moved out to L.A. We haven't seen him in years. Uh, I mean, I love playing with Ray. I miss playing with Ray. Um, if 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 the stars align and you know the thing about corporal is it kind of came into being at a time where um i was unemployed for a certain period of time so it it, it that's kind of what uh allowed it to happen so i i uh, you know um we'll see we'll see we're you know raising like 20 bands you know he's busy, busy fella yeah may yeah. keep himself busy yeah just the same. I'm such a fan of what both of you all do and all of your arts. Uh, and, and it's so fun, you know, to to geek out about one of the greatest bands of all time with R.E.M. I'm so happy you guys are doing this. But especially thank you both for taking the time to talk about it today. Seriously, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks, nice Kyle. To finally talk to you, Kyle. Have a great day. And my thanks to Michael and Jason. Their tour to play R.E.M.'s Murmur running of February 1st through the 14th. Thanks, of course, to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, again, please do hit that subscribe button so you can hear all the interviews just like this. You get a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three interviews a week to keep you up to date on those favorite artists. And discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can grab us at nprwfpk.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And uh, don't forget to uh, give the series a rating. Leave a review as well. That, uh, again, goes so far to help out the uh, the series here. After that, head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get four hours of classics from the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s, lots of 90s. You get, uh, let's see, lots of music news. There's bonus interviews. Uh, one of my recent shows uh, featured the music of uh, The Supremes, Trey Burt, Cocteau Twins, Air, The Smiths, uh, Mavis Staples, Aloe Black, Rage Against the Machine, Ben Folds 5, Teenage Fan Club, Queens of the Stone Age, Wax Fang, MGMT, Alana Miles, Matthew Sweet, Sparta, Mitski, Blondshell, Boy Genius, and my interview with actor Omar J. Dorsey as we discussed his, uh, his new show uh, on HBO Max called uh, Bookie. Uh, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same. It's at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. Louisville. You know, I'm, I'm from Lexington, you know. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.